Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with the year's last news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, December 29th, 2016. And there's a lot that has gone on that has been building up. Uh, I've been wanting to comment about this, but I've been um, hesitant to do so in the news and views or in the website blogs because this story began rather strangely. And I think uh, it's all connected. And what I'm referring to, there's just a lot of strange news. And one of them that may be relevant to this, although at, at present I'm not certain, but I'm going to mention it before we get started here. And that is the story that was reported on a number of websites, including, if I remember correctly, the Saker, who is, of course, a Russian-American um, that gives some very insightful commentary on the internal and foreign policy of Russia. And uh, that story is that GRU Spetsnaz units have been running interference and protecting uh, President-elect Trump. Now, again, I'm simply throwing that out there for you to consider and ponder in the light of what we're going to be talking about today. There's three stories I want to concentrate on. These are all, in my opinion, linked. This is my thesis that I will be examining in the high-octane speculation for today, and this may be a somewhat longer-than-usual news and views because of it. The three stories are, of course, number one, the assassination of the Russian ambassador to Turkey, Mr. Karloff, Andrei Karloff, and the subsequent messages, I think, that are being sent both from Ankara and from Moscow. And then the second news item is the crash on Christmas Day, if I recall correctly, of the Russian airliner that was taking the uh, musicians to sing for the Russian troops in and around Aleppo. Uh, there are some very suspicious things that are coming out right now. Uh, the Russian government, uh, as we're going to see, is making certain statements, and we're going to analyze those and my suspicions as to what's really going on here. And then finally, a story that really didn't make the radar. It occurred on December 16th, but the story has been uh, published and updated only this week uh, for some reason, at least as far as I can tell. Again, I've been trying to sort through articles to link to you for you so that you can look at these three stories uh, and articles. So I'm going to start with the, the murder of the NATO Auditor General. This is a story that was published by Sjoban McF uh, McFadden. Uh, it was published on Tuesday, December 26th, or pardon me, 27th. It was updated later that day. This story is titled, Mystery as NATO Auditor General is Found Shot Dead in suspicious circumstances, and again, I've linked it here. I'm only going to read a very few statements from this article. Quote, um, according to reports, Yves Chandelon, the 62-year-old Auditor General of NATO, was found miles away both from his home and office. His body was found in the Belgian town of Andenne, 62 miles away from his home in Lens on December 16th. According to the local newspaper reports, Mr. Chandelon was the registered keeper of three weapons. However, the gun found at the scene did not belong to him. 
Um, it has been reported locally that the gun which killed him was found in the glove box of his vehicle. The initial suggestions that uh, his family says that the initial suggestions that it was a possible suicide are incorrect. And apparently he had complained of getting strange phone calls before he died and, quote, felt threatened, unquote. Now, it's interesting here in this article what uh, Ms. McFadden says, and she says toward the end of the article, part of that investigation is the fact that Mr. Chandelon was responsible for probing terror financing as part of his high-ranking job. He was employed by the NATO Support and Procurement Agency in Capellan in southwestern Luxembourg, seven miles west of Luxembourg City. As Auditor General, Mr. Chandelon was responsible for internal auditing at the NATO um, pardon me, at the NATO Support and Procurement Agency, as well as in charge of in external investigation into money laundering activities and terrorist financing. Now, this occurs on December 16th, so please note the timeline here. Now, the next article is by uh, Joey Miller. Uh, this article is called Shock Claim, Russian Ambassador Killed by NATO Countries Secret Services. Uh, Putin Ally says, uh, again, this was published on December 19th, and again, this is after the murder of the NATO Auditor General. And this is apparently a statement of a ally of Russian President Putin by the name of Franz Klintsevich, who claims, quote, that a NATO state's secret service could be behind today's, that is to say, the assassination of Ambassador Karloff on December 19th, could be behind today's attack. He continued, everyone knew that he was going to attend this photo exposition. This is a Russian senator in the Russian state Duma, Mr. Klintsevich. It can be ISIS or the Kurdish army which tries to hurt Erdogan. But maybe, and it is highly likely, that representative of foreign NATO secret services are behind it, unquote. And that's, again, the Russian senator in the state Duma. And toward the end of this article, it says, quote, a source said the 22-year-old off-duty riot police officer, the Turkish police officer that killed Ambassador Karloff and then was subsequently gunned down uh, at, right after he had uh, murdered the Russian ambassador, this police officer introduced himself as the ambassador's personal security detail before opening fire after screaming, quote, you Russians destroyed Aleppo and Syria, unquote. All right. Now, so in other words, a, a source connected to Mr. Putin and a member of the Russian state Duma. Now, notice this is not an official statement of the Russian government, but it's someone in the Russian government stating that they, he suspects that it is a NATO secret service, uh, a, a NATO country's secret service involved. Now, that's the view from Moscow. The view from Ankara published almost the same day. This is very interesting. This is also an article published by Joey Miller, again on December 19, 2016. This article is titled, Ankara Mayor Accuses U.S.-Based Preacher of orchestrating the Russian ambassador assassination. And again, I'm going to read a few paragraphs 
from Mr. Miller's article here as we gather all of these dots that I'm going to attempt to try and connect in some sort of coherent fashion when we get through these articles. The mayor of Ankara said, quote, Fatula Guin was behind today's Russia, Russian ambassador assassination, the Ankara mayor has claimed. While Gulen's many supporters say he is an inspirational figure promoting tolerant Islam, within Turkey he's widely seen as an enemy of the state. Turkish officials have now confirmed their investigation is centered on Gulen and his followers. Mele Gokcek, the uh, Ankara mayor, has now linked Gulen to the cold-blooded murder of Andrei Karloff, who was shot five times in the back at an art gallery this afternoon. The mayor of Ankara tweeted the following, quote, Russian ambassador to Turkey got attacked basely. The only goal of this assassination is to ruin the relationship between Russia and Turkey. Skipping a paragraph here. The assailant is a policeman. According to what I have heard, he is a FETO member. That's a member of Gulen's uh, sect. The slogans of the assailant are just perception management. Remember, the, this police officer shouted Allahu Akbar and then uh, made the statement about Russia ruining Aleppo and ruining Syria, all right, shortly before he was gunned down. And he goes on to state the following to the United Kingdom's Daily Express. He says, quote, every day something is happening. It must be a concerted effort to destabilize the country and possibly try another coup at the end, unquote. And then the this article, again, this is, uh, I believe, the UK Daily Express here. The article itself goes on to state this. This is not the first time Mr. Goksek has spread conspiracy theories in the immediate aftermath of horrifying attacks. Now listen to this. After this month's bloody hit terror attack in Istanbul, in which 46 people were killed and 166 were injured, he accused the BBC of having a hand in the atrocity. He said, quote, the BBC rented an apartment where they can monitor the explosion clearly in advance and started broadcasting within three to four minutes of the attack. Isn't it rational for us to believe that the English BBC might know the explosion in advance? The British ambassador should explain this. They must explain sat, uh, satisfactorily how they started broadcasting within three to four minutes. Otherwise, we'll believe that the English have had a hand in this, unquote. The article goes on. The BBC dismissed the claims, explaining the first live broadcast was an hour and a half after the blast instead of three minutes, and the office was leased eight months ago. Now, of course, that doesn't really address uh, Mayor Gotsek's concerns, because, of course, if you're planning a covert operation, you would get your people into place rather well ahead of the event. All right, now, let's go to the shifting from now the NATO ambassador and then uh, Ambassador Karloff's murder, let's go to the crash of the Russian airliner, again, Christmas Day, and this article appearing in the Associated Press written by Vladimir Isachenkov, uh, apparently a Russian writing for, for the Associated Press. This is an important article, and I want you to listen to this very carefully. Quote, the Tupolev 154 of the Russian Defense Ministry crashed into the sea early Sunday, two minutes after taking off in good weather from the city of Sochi. 
It was carrying members of the Alexandrov Ensemble, widely known as the Red Army Choir, to a New Year's concert at a Russian military base in Syria. The defense ministry said 15 bodies and, listen carefully, <coughs> 239 body fragments have been recovered from the crash site. Skipping now a little bit further into the article. Investigators were looking into whether the crash might have been caused by bad fuel, pilot error, equipment failure, or objects stuck in the engines. The top Russian investigative agency said it had taken samples from a fuel tank used to fill the plane, which flew from Moscow's Chlovsky military airport and stopped in Sochi for refueling. The Komsomolskaya Pravda Daily, and again, Pravda is still, of course, the official organ of, of the Russian Communist Party, and online publication Life Are You published what they described as a script of a cockpit conversation with a pilot yelling about a problem with the plane's flaps and then shouting, quote, Commander, we are falling, unquote. It was impossible to verify the report but both publications were known to have good connections with Russian security agencies. Well, no kidding, Komsomolskaya Pravda probably still does have very good connections with Russian intelligence. Now, I'm going to skip a couple paragraphs again in this article. However, Nikolai Antoshkin, the former deputy chief of the Russian Air Force, dismissed the claim saying that responding to flap malfunctions is a part of standard pilot training. And, of course, he's correct. He states, quote, If flaps fail to retract or extend in time, pilots know how to deal with it. It's not a problem at all, unquote, he said, in remarks carried by the state RIA Novosti news agency. Russia's main domestic security and counterterrorism agency, the FSB, said that it found, quote, no indications or facts pointing at the possibility of a terror attack or an act of sabotage, unquote. Now, that's Russian intelligence putting out a, a statement that this is not an act of terrorism. Now, listen carefully. However, some aviation experts have noted that the crew's failure to report any technical problem and the large area over which fragments of the plane were scattered could point to an explosion on board. Now, let me stop and offer my first uh, explanation. My suspicions when this plane crashed was that it was indeed some sort of deliberate act of, of terror and murdering the Russians on board that aircraft. So why then would the Russian government, through various official organs, particularly the FSB, the successor, of course, to the KGB, the Federalnaya Slujbozhnya, something rather, Bezhopoznosti, the Federal Security Service, why would the FSB put this out? And my suspicion is that the Russians know that there's foul play involved with the downing of this aircraft, but they have to put out a response. They have to put out a spin like this because if they were to acknowledge that this was a deliberate act of any sort by any party, it would require them to make a, a response, okay? If this were an act 
sponsored by any terrorist group, in other words, that has in turn connections with the West, with the United States, with NATO, or so on, it would require a Russian response. And Putin, therefore, would be very hard-pressed to deal with his own domestic internal hardliners. So in other words, go back to the Cuban Missile Crisis now and recall that Khrushchev, during that, that crisis, was dealing and battling basically the same battle that President Kennedy was battling in the United States. Kennedy was trying to stave off the hardliners that wanted to push the button and invade Cuba, and Khrushchev had the same battle going on inside the Soviet Union against his hardliners. So I suspect, I suspect strongly, I will admit, that the there is foul play in the Russian crash, and the Russians are deliberately spinning it to avoid having to increase tensions in the region much more dramatically, all right? They're playing for time and trying to give uh, Mr. Putin some maneuvering room and no doubt uh, give the Russian security services some options that are not conventional types of responses, all right? So that's my first observation. Now, I want to end my review of these articles before I, I attempt to summarize what I think may be going on here. And uh, I, I've come up with my usual high-octane uh, speculation and thesis, and uh, I, I admit that this is a really bizarre, uh, heavy-duty high-octane speculation as to what I think we're witnessing the beginning of, all right? Now, this final article is a very interesting uh, article that someone sent me. It's by Brandon Turbeville. It's on the Activist uh, Now website. The article itself is titled, Russian Ambassador Killed Three Days After Obama Threat. Who is Responsible? And I want to read some very, very significant paragraphs in this article, about half of the article to you, uh, because it forms kind of the backdrop for my commentary. Mr. Turbeville writes this, quote, three days after Barack Obama issued a veiled threat toward the Russians suggesting some type of retaliation for the unproven, please note this, claims that the Russians somehow influenced or hacked American elections, the Russian ambassador to Turkey, Andrei Karloff, was shot dead in Ankara. Now, I'm with him there. I have yet to see any conclusive proof that the Russians hacked those uh, the recent elections in America, and I've said all along they would have no good reason to do so because if they were caught, it would rebound against them dramatically. What I find suspicious is that there has been no real conclusive proof that the Russians did this, and there has been, please note, there's been no detailed discussion of what that hacking actually consisted of. Did it consist of voter fraud? You know, what, what kind of hacking are we talking about here? So in other words, uh, I'm, I'm with those who are very skeptical of the Russian hacking of the elections meme. So let me continue with Mr. Turbeville's article. Quote, a Russian investigative team has been dispatched to Turkey to analyze the details of the incident. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov stated, quote, the important thing is to understand who is behind this crime. We are convinced that the main goal of those who planned this barbaric act is to undermine 
the process of normalization of relations between Russia and Turkey largely in order to prevent an effective fight against terrorism in Syria. This goal is futile. It will not work, unquote. Continuing now with Mr. Turbeville. The attack may very well have been a message in a most direct fashion coming from the United States. After all, U.S. policymakers, senators, and even the president himself have repeatedly threatened Russia with retaliation over the unproven claims of hacking. Three days after the threats and the Russian ambassador is assassinated. While this isn't hard proof of American involvement, the motive clearly exists because the motive has been stated clearly, folks, by the head of the country, the leader of the country. And the timing is certainly questionable. Consider the words of Obama himself when in an interview with National Public Radio, he said, quote, I think there's no doubt that when any foreign government tries to impact the integrity of our elections, we need to take action, Obama said, and we will at a time and place of our own choosing. Some of it may be specific and publicized. Some of it may not be, unquote. Now, skipping several paragraphs here. As Tony Cardellucci expertly states, quote, the cold-blooded assassination of a Russian ambassador in the heart of Turkey, however, is a very effective retaliation, not only for Russia's role in balancing against the Western media's influence, effectively undermining the West monopoly over global public perception, but also for confounding U.S. geopolitical objectives across the Middle East particularly in Syria and particularly in the aftermath of Aleppo's liberation. The assassination, a crime and even an act of war by any account, was apparently carried out by a militant drawn from the ranks of terrorist organizations armed, trained, and funded by the United States and its regional allies, including Saudi Arabia and Qatar, and even Turkey. And despite this, should the U.S. be involved in the assassination, it would be difficult to prove. And even if it was proven, it would be difficult to convince the global public that the U.S. would make the jump from very publicly considering benign cyber attacks for the past week to assassinating a foreign diplomat. Skipping a paragraph, folks. While evidence is still forthcoming regarding the assassination, the U.S., through its own insistence on publicly and repeatedly threatening Moscow with retaliation, has made itself one of the primary suspects behind the brutal killing. Considering the U.S.'s role in creating, arming, funding, and directing terrorists across the region for years, the U.S. is responsible indirectly at the very least. Now, continuing with Mr. Turbeville's article again, the fact is that the man, madman Erdogan is still very much in the pocket of the United States and the NATO machine that goaded Turkey into supporting the terrorists and the war on Syria from the start. With this in mind, it is the responsibility of Turkey to provide security for the Russian ambassador, a perfect window of opportunity if one were complicit in the assassination conspiracy to begin with. In addition... It is important to point out that the gunman, does this sound familiar, folks? Does this sound like a pattern we've seen before? Uh, Dallas, <laughs> okay, 63. The gunman was immediately shot to death. It is convenient for those privy to the conspiracy 
that the assassin is dead and unable to tell tales, unquote. So those are the articles, quite a few. Now, what's what am I suspecting is going on here? Well, to be blunt, number one, I suspect that these events, the downing of the Russian aircraft, the murder of the NATO Auditor General, uh, Yves Chandelon, and the assassination of the Russian ambassador to Turkey are related, all right, number one. Number two, what I think this presages now is a covert, full-scale sort of international mafia-style war has begun, all right? We're not going to see proof either from the Russians of Western or terrorist involvement or terrorist groups' involvement that are connected with the West in the assassination of their ambassador. We're not going to hear, as I've indicated already from the Russians, that they suspect that the West may have been behind through some proxy, be it Saudi Arabia, a terrorist group, uh, intelligence operatives, or whatever. We're not going to hear from Russia that this is what they may suspect regarding the downing of their airliner, nor are we going to hear from the West who they suspect might be behind the murder of the NATO Auditor General, nor are we going to hear from the Turks anything resembling proof other than, as we've already indicated, Turkey's already kind of pointing the finger at the United States, as is Mr. Putin's ally, both of them saying this was conducted by a NATO country member's secret service, Turkey's even more explicit, saying this is the Fatullah Gulen network uh, once again at work. So both countries, through cutouts, please notice this, the mayor of the capital of Turkey is saying indirectly it's the United States. A senator in the Russian state Duma, again, is pointing the finger more or less at NATO and, of course, ultimately, therefore, at the United States. So in other words, I suspect that what we're witnessing here is the beginning of a new phase, uh, unlike any other that we've seen. We're looking at, I think, the beginning of a full-scale mafia covert war in which we're going to see some very, very strange alliances and in which you can no longer think solely in terms of state actors. You've got to start thinking now in terms of ideological conflict. And for me, the fundamental underlying ideological conflict behind all this is unipolar globalism versus multipolarism. All right. That's basically what I think is behind all of the political upheaval in the West. And we're seeing it coming home to roost now in geopolitics. Now, consider the timetable here. The NATO Auditor General, who part of whose duties are to investigate and audit the financing of terrorism and to investigate and audit money laundering that may be taking place in connection with it. This would be a fellow that would be in the perfect position to have spotted financial activity indicating some sort of covert operation against the Turks and against the Russians uh, may be about to happen. These things occurred in too short of a window, in my opinion, to be merely coincidental. So the NATO Auditor General is murdered on December 16th, the same day that President Obama came out with his 
retaliation statements against the Russians for interfering and hacking the American elections, again, for which there is no proof. So we had three days later, the Russian ambassador, Andrei Karloff, to Turkey was murdered. On Sunday, Christmas Day, we had the Russian airliner downed in Sochi, and again, the Russian AP reporter is reporting that the plane was in many fragments. The, there were several body part fragments, and this is more indicative of a bomb. And, of course, we've seen the Russian response to this. No, there's no indication that there's any foul play involved. Uh, so the Russians appear to me, as I've said before, to be spinning the story to, to ward off any political pressure domestically inside of Russia against Putin's government having to respond in a much more forceful way. This is, I think, a play for maneuvering room while the Russians and the Turks gather evidence and decide what they're going to do about it. So, note finally the assassination of the Turkish policeman, uh, the young man that assassinated the ambassador who was himself in turn gunned down shortly after uh, he committed the murder and hollered his statements, which again, the Turkish mayor of Ankara says was perception management to point the finger in another way, in another direction from the culprits. So I suspect, I'll be very blunt here, I suspect that there's even mind manipulation technologies perhaps at play with this uh, individual. Um, he appears to me to be the perfect patsy. He's quickly eliminated, so he can't talk. So, in other words, all of the trails apparently dissolve there. So, in other words, what I think we're looking at is the beginning of a mafia war. There will be retaliation either from Turkey or from Russia or from one of their proxies. But I suspect what you're going to see is not retaliation in the form of cyber attacks or things of this sort. I think the gloves just came off. And now I suspect that they are going to go after the ringleaders of these types of, of things that they may suspect have been involved in the planning of these types of operations. And by ringleaders, I'm not talking about uh, your local jihadist in Syria or your local jihadist in Turkey. I'm talking about people highly placed, and this is going to, I think, take place in the time-tested covert operations manual way of the convenient accident, the convenient uh, medical death or, or death under, under highly suspicious circumstances. In other words, folks, we're dealing now with an international war between two factions, and those two factions are deeply embedded in each country. All right. This is another reason why the Russians, I think, are hesitant to come out and say what they probably already suspect with the downing of that airliner and what they probably already suspect with the assassination of their ambassador in Turkey. They're speaking through proxies. They're putting out the message. Yeah, we know who did it. We're going to find the proof. And when we do, we are going to find the individual responsible and who they answered to that gave the go-ahead. This is going to turn very nasty, folks. I think you're in a, a new stage of uh, covert warfare that just began. Uh, I think it's because the, the globalist faction in the West is desperate 
uh, with the with the disastrous results of, of their recent domestic politics in in the Brexit vote, uh, in the uh, defeat of, of Hillary Clinton in the United States, the upcoming elections in Europe, in France uh, and in Germany, in in the Netherlands, these are going to be critical elections. I think that that section of the globalist elite within the West is panicked and that this is their response. They're pulling out all the stops, and there will be, uh, mark my words, there will be some sort of covert response. My suspicion is it's going to come in the form, unfortunately, of so-called wet works, actual murders and assassinations. Uh, It could come in softer forms, cyber attacks, exposure of the criminality and misdeeds of some of these people. But that exposure only works if you have uh, justice departments in the various Western countries willing to prosecute these people. And thus far, as we've seen, that's been pretty iffy. So there's a lot going on here. These are stories to watch uh, primarily for the patterns that they exhibit. There's no doubt in my mind these things are connected. There's no doubt in my mind that the Russian ambassador's murder was a covert operation. And I strongly suspect that the murder of the NATO Auditor General, uh, Monsieur Chandelon, and then the downing of the Russian aircraft, I strongly suspect that those were covert operations as well. And for those reasons that these things are connected. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for their donations, their articles, their prayers, uh, their comments, their suggestions. Uh, I want to wish you all for a, a very happy new year, every good thing in the new year. And we'll see you on the flip side in the new year. Bye-bye and God bless.